Diane Feely says that she cannot wait for the breakdown on this episode of The Challenge, because for the first time, she's shaking her head. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I'm Sheldon Alexander, feeling a little bit pressured right now. I feel I feel pressure, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we eat pressure for breakfast. Fortunately, it's actually Wednesday night, so we have time. Uh, sorry, I, uh, I'm taking us off the rails literally one minute in. Classic, but go ahead. you just said we eat pressure. What'd you, what was your line there? We sorry? eat pressure for breakfast. We eat pressure for breakfast. Um, I'm taking us off the rails early. Great. And I'm only doing this because <laughs> someone said, I guess during one of the episodes or maybe at the end of last season, people were writing in being like, they enjoy when we go off the cuff about just randomness that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And I didn't even get into the, we didn't even get to the introduction of the actual challenge or what this is yet. I'm taking us off the rails, but your pressure thing, it made me think of someone we know because he's a Northern secondary legend, one and only Glenn Jackson. <laughs> yes, Glenn. In a high school baseball game, okay? And the reason I'm bringing this up is because people will understand this. We were playing in a high school Toronto semifinal. I think it was like a GTA semifinal game against someone. So I'll say this. We walk up to start the game and everyone's warming up. And Glenn taps me and he's like, yo, man, you see that guy over there? He's going to the league. And I'm like, the league? What league? He's like, the major leagues. I'm like, shut up. I'm like, who's that guy? He's like, Joey Votto. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, cool. So the, the, the message was, do not pitch to that guy at all, right? Like he was that deal from high school. So much so that a dude actually said he is going to the league. And not only did that guy go to the league, but as you know, he's an MVP of the National League. But in that same game, Glenn Jackson, we're up one run in the top of the last inning. Glenn Jackson, before as he's walking up to bat, turns to me and he says, now, these guys are scared, so they're not going to pitch to me. They're not going to give me anything to hit. So I'm going to walk. I'm going to steal second. I'm going to steal third. All I need one of you guys to do is just make contact, and I'm going to score. <laughs> I'm going to score the run, and we'll be up two. It'll be a nice cushion for us to win this game. And I looked at him in such bewilderment. I was just like, what the fuck? And as he walked away, he turned and pointed to the dirt from sliding earlier in the game, pointed to his ass and said, you see that? That's clutch coming out of my ass. <laughs> oh my God. And I was just like, what? And my guy went up to bat. He walked. They didn't pitch to him. He stole second. He stole third. And someone just hit a flimsy ground ball and he scored. And I was just like, I, I, I got nothing. There was nothing I could say. So when you said pressure, I was that just made me think of Glenn Jackson in one of the most clutch pressure-filled moments we went on to the Ontario championships and played at the dome that year but that always reminds me of Glenn Jackson and just pressure made me think of that I apologize for derailing the podcast one minute in with a three-minute story that was very Al Bundy-like but hey that's what we do this is you killed it the podcast <laughs> about the challenge <laughs> Oh, well played. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. I had that locked and loaded. <laughs> um, 
You know who also had it locked and loaded was Natalie, who opened up this episode right where we left off with TJ telling her that because she just won a golden skull, she gets to choose Mm -hmm. if she's going to stick with Wes or choose another male partner. Wes, our man's, looked shook in that moment. What did you think of her choice to stick with him? I get why she did it, right? Because she at least knows what she's getting with Wes. And I think a part that someone else brought up, oh, it was Nani. Nani, when she was talking about being partnered with Kyle, she said their uh, their way of playing the game isn't the same. Like their personalities in terms of gameplay aren't the same. Well, the personalities of Natalie and Wes are the same. And I think that matters. So even though Wes, as Lolo put it, says right Wes is the reason why Natalie was just in the elimination that is true but you could also say Wes is the reason why Natalie has a skull and (laughs) is able to run the final so it's interesting I I get her decision now would I have made the same then you also have to think she doesn't really know the other people either and at least you know Wes and you know his mind and how his mind works and he's giving you the insight of what his gameplay is for the season. So it's better to roll with what you know at this point as opposed to taking the unknown of switching to who, right? Like, I don't know. That's the other thing. The lines have been drawn in a lot of respects. Like if she were to pick someone else, she's not going to be at the top of the heat of that Cam, Anissa, Fessy, Leroy the big brother, young bucks situation. She's not going to slide in to be like in the top five or whatever there, right? So Mm -hmm. might as well dance with the one that brought you. Even though, yeah, Yeah. Wes is bringing down that heat, but also the format of the show is if Wes gets eliminated, so it goes, right? Like now that people know the format of how eliminations work, Nally doesn't have to worry because they're getting for Wes. She'll just be able to flip later if it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I get it. I totally get it. Um, the, the part I did find interesting was this, because it's another twist, right? This rogue agent yeah. twist as CT now, you know, kind of has to wait and see who his partner is going to be. But you didn't really get the full scope of it until the very end of the episode. But it just added another twist. But it also had CT in a position that I don't know if I like seeing CT like this. Because we get back to the house and CT says that he regrets not picking Cam initially. Right? And he's groveling. He's like sucking up to Cam really hard. And it's weird because on the one hand, I get it. But I don't like seeing CT like this. CT... I remember if you go back and dig in the crates of the challenge, CT's a badass. CT is a feared challenge veteran. CT is not begging for anything. And so far this season, two episodes in, we've seen him already beg for votes last week, and it didn't really work. And then here, he's sucking up to Cam, and you know maybe it's a little bit of mind games, maybe, but... I mean, it just looked weird. And I don't know if I like this version of CT. I get why it's happening, but it's like, no, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this Charles Barkley 
you know, at the end where my guy's just like up faking, up faking, trying to make layups or like Shaq on the calves. I don't want to see that. I thought he was funny and charming. And I don't think Nani, or Nani, I don't think Cam took him seriously. I think it was just him sort of trying to like buy himself a week, you know, like take the heat off. Really, I think the only person that took him seriously was Josh, the world's most insecure person who like materialized like the jealous boyfriend to make sure that nothing was going on. Well, hey, if there was one bright side to this, making Josh rattled here for that. And it's funny that Josh was like, whoa, what's going on here? And it's like he knows he knows that he has something to worry about. Right. Because obviously you would rather be partnered with CT than Josh. Of course you would. Right. Making Josh rattled is not that big of a challenge, though. No, not at all. Um, Something that was kind of rattling to me anyways, as you know, I try to, to figure out these home workouts as we continue into month. I don't even know what it is anymore. I've lost count. But uh, your man's Joseph. <laughs> I've never seen that. But maybe he should get on Instagram with Jenny and start working on. So like this is a Joseph home workout because it looked interesting. He says he does a, a thousand reps. But I don't even know what those things were. Like, it's like his thousand reps equal into maybe 20 real reps. Like, I don't know what that was. But Leroy was hilarious. He was hilarious. I think that those exercises, his like little toe taps and his leg pulses or whatever he was doing, like, they would work. But also, like, in that house, you look at like Nam. And Lolo and CT yeah. and Leroy, Fassi, like w- legitimate world class athletes. Yep. And you see how they work out. What would possess you to work out in your street clothing <laughs> on the floor in, in the, the kitchen? In the kitchen. Like. <laughs> Buddy, like, put on, like, some shorts and an old t-shirt and, like, do them outside. Like, what was he... Th- like, that's that's what I couldn't get over. You know, if that's like, the exercise that works for him, sure. But, like, yeah, the time and the location and, like, the clothing he wore? What? It was just funny. It was just funny because it's just, like, you could tell right away this guy's kind of off. He's Right? There's something a little different with my dude here. Because at first I thought he was joking. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought it was a joke. Like, he's messing around or mocking the people outside. But then he's, like, doing different versions of it. He's like, no, my, I do my thousand reps. It's like, maybe it's a stretching thing. It's like how he stretches. Cool. More more power to him, I guess. Sure. He's, but it was just strange. He's the perfect example of a weird person that doesn't know that they're weird. Because they're normal enough to <laughs> think that they're normal. You know what I mean? You know uh, those guys. I hear you. We all work with them. You. Everyone has one coworker that fits you. that bill. I hear you. <laughs> um, the other thing that was pretty funny, well, gets kind of interesting. There's a conversation about changing partners. Mm-hmm. You got Cam, Nani, and Nicole talking about if they were going to change partners, if they had the opportunity to change partners, would they? And I was kind of surprised that it was Nani who was saying that she didn't like her partner. But then when she, as we discussed earlier, right? 
when it was time to kind of explain that she doesn't think that Kyle is serious about the game or really their, their gameplay styles don't really mesh. Do you agree with that? I think I wouldn't quite phrase it that way, but yes. I think okay. the problem is that they occupy the same space in the challenge ecosystem. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like yep. you can't have deer and moose in the same part of the woods because they like eat the same things. Yeah. Same thing. Like they're a little too similar. I honestly think that Kyle's a better competitor than Nani. Although Nani mm -hmm. has actually won money. She finished second in uh, well, one season. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I can, I sort it. So like, it's not that they don't mesh. It's that they're too similar. Like, I think it's better to have yeah. teams where it's complementary, where like one person's good at politics and the other is good at the competitions or like ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, Anissa and Fessy is a good example. They complement yeah. each other because they fill in each other's gaps. Nani and Kyle yeah. don't do that. I agree with you. I think that they... Kyle is like a new aged male version of Nani. Yeah. That, right? I like think they it's occupy a... the same thing in, in the sense of like, Hey, we can get down in challenges. We try really hard. We have a pretty decent social game. We might hook up once or twice during the house or during the season, right? Like you're, you're totally right. They occupy the same space. It's like the same person, but maybe it's like Nani looking in the mirror and being like, the Spider-Man meme. Like, yeah. This isn't going to work. There's only room for one of me. Yeah. Uh, but there is one person who seems to have taken the house by storm. The whole house seems to be in a love affair with your man's Nam. Now, what what do you make of this? Because Killa Cam was out here saying she's a taken woman, but if she was single, she is tempted. We know already, we called, we know Lolo. We already know that was going to be a thing. Wes was even up in here. Right? <laughs> it was just hilarious. But I want, I want to know, is John also a fan of Nam? I mean, you can't deny that he has a killer body. And yeah, also... He works hard. Works he hard. He is definitely not doing the Joseph workout plan. No. No. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, and this is just particular to me, and like to each their own, you know, mm -hmm. you might have a different opinion, but he has a really good tattoo. Like I'm not always a tattoo guy. <laughs> okay. I don't think I've noticed his tattoo. He, it's on like his upper thigh. And like, I like, I like a good subtle tattoo. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, okay. don't give me like the neck tattoos or the back of the head tattoos. Sorry, Kyle. But like a nice subtle tattoo that like you only see sometimes, those are great. So I get it. I, I see the allure. Also, think how annoying most of the people are in that house. And it seems like he rarely speaks and is very polite. So that would just like win you points. <laughs> it's very early, but he seems like a stand up nice guy. Yeah. Right. Like he seems like a calm and cool guy. He's kind of always doing his own thing. He's not, doesn't seem to be the conceited dude or whatever. And he seems that like he's genuinely kind of shy about the Lolo thing as well, mm -hmm. which I'm interested to see how that plays out as we just get to know more about him. Um, it's kind of interesting, kind of interesting. This, the challenge itself, like this actual competition, I don't know if I found it that interesting. Ice spy. Um, 
ice spy. Some interesting uh, wordplay there. Love a good pun. But, sure, they, they're they're pretty good at it. They're pretty good at it. I give I give good marks overall to the people behind the scenes coming up with these things. As as someone that works in production, I appreciate that. Um, as I as I labeled last week's podcast, where I was trying to tell Raptors fans that you weren't getting Giannis and Tedekumpo. I called last week's pod- podcast Raptors fans. Let's be honest. <laughs> See it right, right. So I, I'm a nerd, and and all I need is one person to chuckle at it, and that's fine. I'm glad that's I could I help. Hey, hey. So Ice Spy, let's let's break this down, right? So you and your partner have to go into the glacier water, swim out to a boat, grab a heavy block of ice, bring it back to shore smash said block of ice and there's a kill inside you put the kill in one of your enemy stations and if they get three kills they're done the last team standing is a double agents my very first thought was how cold is the water i needed to know that but i feel like they probably don't tell us because there's probably some like legal concerns right <laughs> like if we found out how bad it actually was we'd kind of be questioning the whole operation no yeah for sure i mean it was cold enough that the ice wasn't really melting mm-hmm. right and that's just in the air and the water would be much colder they had on wetsuits Hold on, but why was it above the water, though? I don't understand why the ice was still above the water. Like, why didn't the ice sink? <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was serious for a second there, didn't you? For I was a second, I was like, Sheldon, please, no. <laughs> don't do this to me. I was looking at your me. face the whole time. And I'm like, oh, he thinks I'm being serious right now. Oh, I'm no. Doing, can I keep a straight face? <laughs> How long can I keep a straight face for? Oh, man. Uh, uh. So, Nicole, <laughs> apparently is unaware that ice floats. Um, and I loved what Wes said to her. By the way, like it's the, in this whole scene that was playing out as Wes was chirping Nicole for not knowing that ice floats, all I could think was like, Wes, you need every ally you can get. Like, go easy on poor Nicole. Certain times, though, where it's like being nice kind of goes out of the window because you're kind of so confused. Right. And I feel like if it was someone else, maybe there's a benefit of the doubt where you're kind of like, hold on, what'd you just say? But because it's Nicole and he's familiar with Nicole's work, (laughs) (laughs) right? Her being like, wait, we have to carry that 70 pounds back. Like, isn't it going to (laughs) sink? Wes is like, wait, look around. (laughs) Don't you see the ice above the water? It's like, wait, you've never had a glass of ice water? I actually laughed out loud. There are very few times, very few times watching TV where I genuinely will laugh out loud. That was one of them. Because it's just like, man. Like, it, I was really confused. I was just really confused. But anyways, CT can't play, right? He's um, out of there. Can't do it. Nelson is playing. And uh, referring hold to on. himself as... Scubanelli. It's not... Scubanelli. It's not that Nelson's there. It's Scubanelli filling in for Nelson. So do we now only refer to him as Scubanelli for the rest of the season? Yeah. Okay. Writing that down. 
Scubanelli. From here on out, regardless of what the competition is, the circumstance, it's Scubanelli. Yeah. Scubanelli. Also, did they even show him? Like he said, he worked on his swimming in the offseason, but I don't, I feel like I still didn't get to see his swimming skills. I mean, he wasn't last, right? True. That was Gabby yeah. and Leo, and I don't think it was on Leo. It looked like no. Leo was just like, staying with his partner to encourage her and like hey good for leo like that's mm -hmm. being a good partner uh i don't know nelly didn't scuba nelly did not blow me away but he also wasn't like an embarrassment so yeah uh this was a weird challenge in the sense though that it obviously didn't play out as a producer's intended no which means like visually it wasn't that entertaining as of a challenge at all and i mean what did we learn from it right because really nothing happened other than i guess like the most notable thing would have been leo almost drowning or no it wasn't leo menchi. it was uh menchi menchi like my guy froze up couldn't move and like fessy basically dragged him to shore and west came in to help him right like that that's kind of crazy I was impressed um, with Fessy doing that. It's not easy to, like, swim someone in. Oh, no. That's a skill, definitely. No, I know what you're saying. Because you got to be strong and a really good swimmer. And you're essentially right? like, swimming totally with one arm, right? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, but in terms of, like, there's nothing really to break down other than Cam rallied people to make sure that Wes and Natalie were out first. And then everyone else was kind of afraid to put any of their kills for Fessy and Anissa, which I really didn't understand. I really don't get it. Uh, and I, I'm so confused by it. And I almost think that the producers have done such a good job with the twists and turns that now it's like playing into the minds of the competitors that they don't even know what to do. <laughs> Because that was weird. Like, what what explanation do you have for just how that played out in terms of everyone being like, oh, no, we don't want to target Fessy and Anissa, which made no sense to me. There's a lot going on here. The first thing is that's notable is, like, Wes and Natalie are eliminated, and Leroy, who we love, is oh. still so set on eliminating them that he tries to put it. <laughs> his killing and pushes out someone so kills salty. and Wes. i mean Wes, not a great look that Wes was so salty but he was like we're already eliminated like what it what are you doing <laughs> the other thing that struck me about this was i have no problem with the strategy of cam and crew being like those guys gotta go like okay okay but like that's that's the first move in a chess game What's your next, like, who's your second target? Like, surely it should be Devin, right? Because he's, mm -hmm. CT's not competing. So, like, Devin's probably, is, like, be, you know, yeah. be smart about it, be organized. And also, for a show that's dubbed Double Agents, be subtle, right? <laughs> they were literally standing on the beach, having conversations, <laughs> holding all their kills, trying to, like, argue about who to, like, get out and so on. And, like, Devin and Kyle were both pissed, both in the moment and in confessional, calling them pussies, saying that it's a scared game. And I have to agree, it was a scared totally. game. Like, 
just like it's so easily squared away. Be like, listen, Anissa, Fassi, you guys are already winning. You've already won. You know I love you. Kill had to go somewhere. You know what? It, like it can be explained away. But like, also, but also to your point, it's not a fully fledged plan, right? Like there's no plan. Mm-hmm. So okay, cool. There's Wes gone. Okay, but. It's not even like they started at the beginning and said, you know what, our goal is to make, like if this was a full on plan, you would have seen it from the beginning where it's like, hey, we're gonna make sure that Fessy and Anissa win because we all agree that we want them to be in charge again. But that wasn't how it played out. Yeah. So it tells me that these guys don't really know what they're doing, but also more importantly, and we'll get to this, Fessy and Anissa also don't know what they're doing. No. Right? they end up winning and it's, it was weird and anticlimactic and there's not real, there's wasn't really much going on. I do want to give a shout to TJ who was gassing. And this is why I think TJ is one of the best hosts, right? Because yes, a lot of hosts, you're, you're saying things that are scripted and you're doing your right. Like you're, you're reading from a script. Most of the time, you're probably doing a lot of takes, but TJ is also instigating a lot. Yeah. Right. And you got to read between the lines a lot. And he's doing it on purpose. He's straight gassing where he's saying, ah, it seems everybody was so intimidated by you. They let you in. I guess I might as well just write you guys a check now. And it's just like reminding everyone else, like, what are you guys doing? Right. And it it made no sense. But he's also trying to be like, if this is how it's going to go, I'm going to make the target bigger on Anissa and Fessy's back. That if you guys don't understand what's going on here, I'm trying to tell you, you guys are just basically handing them a trip to the final. Yeah. But, but Fessy and Anissa are too dumb to figure out that, hey, you need to go into the elimination and get a skull to win the money. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment, but. Oh, we will. But yeah, it was, I mean, you asked at the top of like discussing Ice Spy you know, what did we learn from this? And yeah, what we learned is no one really has a plan. No, no one really has any strategy, even like a basic, I wouldn't even call it a strategy, but a tactic is what I would do is I would wait to see like when a pair goes to swim back out to the barge, to the boat, that's when I place my kill. So they can't even see it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's that up, but they're all standing around and like debating and, you know, consulting with each other. And like, you're just pissing people off. Just like be subtle, make your move and like hustle on. Yeah. At one point, everyone was just kind of standing around beside each other and it just looked weird. Um, But speaking of weird, we get Joseph Mm -hmm. and Joseph, when everyone gets back to the house, he he's telling, I think he's with Leroy and Nelson. Yep. Scuba Nelly. Saying he wants, Sorry? Scuba Nelly. Scuba Nelly, my bad. I'm so sorry. We're just my getting bad. used to it. It's okay, Sheldon. I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to my co-host, Scuba Nelly. So Joseph is telling them both that he wants to go in. He wants Wes. And he's trying to tell everyone, I want Wes. Put me in. Like, tell everybody to vote me in. This is what he says initially, right? Which we're going to keep track of. Nelson is trying to talk him down. Scubanelli, damn it! Scubanelli <laughs> is trying to talk him down. And Scubanelli is saying, like, wait, are you sure? Like, you do know that Wes is a really good competitor. Like, it's not that easy to just go in against Wes. He's trying to talk him down. And I think doing a good deed, 
yeah. by Scubanelli. Scubanelli. Educating the young buck. Scubanelli and Wes don't even particularly like each other. But Scubanelli oh. is, you know, looking out for our guy Joseph. And just yeah, being like, listen, you don't, like, stick around a little bit. See what you're getting yourself into. Because yeah. Wes can win in most competitions and has an excellent elimination record including uh he i know johnny beat him last season but like he's beating johnny bananas one-on-one like he's beating some killers one-on-one so listen to scubanelli scubanelli knows tried to warn him tried to warn him didn't listen and we end up with one of the oh no sorry I, i was almost skipping ahead too far but we get a good conversation with wes because Wes, obviously, the birds start chirping, the the the, the challenge birdies are, are flying around and chirping, and word travels fast, right? That this could be a thing. And Wes, man, Wes is a hustler's hustler, man. I give I give Wes a lot of credit. He has a gift of gab. He can talk. He then tries to convince Fessy, Corey, and Nelson that he can be an asset to them, and I feel like. Well, I guess it started off with CT first, and then Wes kind of did a better job for CT than CT could have because Wes put the spotlight on him more. And he starts off with this great speech about, hey, I can be the janitor. You know, you just come in and I do the job and I can do anything. He's like, I've never had a job before. I've never had an actual job. And, you know, quickly somehow he went from making himself the janitor to making himself the CEO of their alliance then even the three of them who might not be the brightest challenge competitors, they all stopped themselves and went, wait a second, did you just make yourself the head of our group? (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was kind of funny. And, you know, what did you think of Wes's strategy here? And did you agree with him? Do you think it's a smart move for the, the Young Buck Alliance to kind of work with Wes as opposed to going at him this early? I think it is foolish. Sorry, 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 sorry. I messed up there. Let me ask you first. What did you think of Wes's strategy here? First, we'll start there. I thought he started strong, but that he needed to do less in that conversation. (laughs) And I have this in my notes a few times where I'm like, Wes, say less. Like when we get to the deliberations, he also like belabors the point a little too much, in my opinion. Like, I think what he says is funny and, like, charismatic. I also, I don't know that Wes is getting the best at it this season. And by that I mean, the way it was presented was that this was Wes's only game conversation. And, like, you know, we sort of saw him speaking with Kyle and sort of with C.T., but I'm sure that Wes coming over to Fessy and Corey and Scubinelli and CT to have this conversation, I'm sure that Wes had had a lot of conversations with a lot of people leading up to that moment. Like, That's a very good point. In my head, like when I was watching the show, I kept thinking, man, why are you even talking to these guys? Like, why aren't you sitting down and forging your own alliance? Like, Rally up with CT, with Devin, with Kyle, with Nani. Like, there's enough people in the house that you're down with. And, like, just point out, like, the numbers. Be like, listen, right now, the Young Bucks 
and the Big Brother crew, they're basically running together. Yeah. With Cam and Leroy, who are like an entity unto themselves. We can't let that happen. Like, forget how you feel about me. And like, obviously, he's good friends with CT, Devin, uh, and Kyle, but like, gets along with Big T. Like, you know, like, have a conversation. And like, but what I'm trying to say is, I'm sure those conversations did happen. We just didn't see them. And however they went, Wes's conclusion was, "Ah, I gotta go talk to these guys. Like, I gotta, like, say something to, like, get the outcome I want. Like, I don't think we're getting the full picture on Wes's game here. So I didn't love it in the moment, but, like, sober second thought, I think there's more wheels in motion than we recognize. Yeah, and I think there has to be, right? Because Wes is always going to be playing multiple games, right? We're going to know that Wes has plan A, plan B, and plan C all cooking at the same time, right? He comes into the house and he has alliances with multiple different sides of the house, multiple different people. So this season would be no different. And the other part of what you're saying is, I feel like there's a solid maybe 10 to 15 people that we don't even pay attention to or hear about in the house. Like, cause even as much as we hear about Lolo or Nam, we know nothing about their gameplay. The two Ambers don't talk. Mishi, right? like, like so I forgot people. that he was in the game until he turned into an ice For cube. Sure. But we have no idea where their gameplay lands. Liv, every time I see her, first off her eyes just like beam out of the screen at me cause they're just so bright and beautiful. But like, I'm always like, oh, Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then also uh, Leo and Gabby, like all of those people, we have no idea where their allegiances lie. So it's so interesting in that sense, but you're right. And and this is where I put my producer hat on. Love it. Right. And I say from a production standpoint, I'm going to show these conversations because this is what, these are the vets, right? This is what, if you're a challenge connoisseur, you're going to be used to these people and these people are going to get you in to the season, right? It's the first couple episodes. You're making your decision. Oh, am I in or not? And you're already going to feel a certain way about Fessy or about Scubinelli or about Wes or CT. You're going to feel something about them as opposed to Leo and Gabby. They might, there might be stuff going on with them that we're not seeing just because it's like, well, our viewers invested in them yet? Mm -hmm. No. So from a production standpoint, I'm going to big up that side of the house more with the people that we're more familiar with, that the viewers are more familiar with, that they're more attached to, to get them more invested early on in the season. So I get that and I understand it. But from a gameplay standpoint, now the next part of the question, is it the right gameplay for the Young Buck Alliance to partner up with with Wes. Because what he was pitching made a lot of sense. He was saying, hey, I could work with you guys and we could target some other strong players in the house. Darrell, Nam, Lolo, Kyle, right? He, he mentions he only has Devin. Now the problem is trusting Wes. So the question is, should Fessy trust Wes? <laughs> the, the, I, I like the the idea of the approach but i don't like the execution how about that okay that's fair i, I also like think answer. that like his his sales job of being like i just it's just me and devin 
first of all, they know that's not true. CT is three feet away when he says this. They know that, like, CT went to Wes's wedding and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're dumb, but they're not dumb, dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I love Wes. I love Devin. You know this. We talk about this. Devin's my guy in particular. And he had a great moment that we're going to get to soon. But in that house, the two people that I would be the most worried about being able to negotiate and flip the house around on me would be Wes and Devin. So to have them there and like selling themselves as like, or Wes selling them as have us both in your alliance, like, nah, like, and like, I say that from a place of love and respect for those two, but like, they are, they are poison pills. (laughs) Like they will get you. And like, their their strength is arguably the young bucks weakness right like if there's anything anyone that can take advantage of the young bucks lack of certain strategy that's a very kind way of putting it it's going to be devin and wes i'll also say and maybe we we miss this but devin has worked with the young bucks in the past before Mm -hmm. so i kind of wonder if the move should have been Wes goes to Devin and say, Devin, our backs are against the wall. Can you make the pitch? Because I think Devin might have been a better person to be like, guys, here's what we're thinking. What do you say? That's interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. And, you know, while the Young Bucks might not dominate in the strategy side of the game, the side of the game that I know they do dominate in is the club. Mm. And I know this because there's just a scene that we saw in the trailer that, you know, even now we see it in the episode, there's still no context to it. It's just Fessy dancing in the middle of like all the girls gassing him up and he's like unbuttoning his shirt. And Teresa hits with one of the lines of the episode, not not the line, but one of the lines of the episode, because <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, she's like, you can tell Fessy's catching his vibe because his shirt starts coming down. And it's also the only time he has a personality. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like to- machine gun shots fired. <laughs> from, Teresa. From Teresa out of nowhere. Just like murking our guy road. Fessy. Oh, and and should I say elbow smash? That's the difference between being in the NFL and not being in the NFL. Am I right? Just that kind of ruthlessness. Jeez, (laughs) like I was like, where did that come from? I love Uh, it, but I knew it was setting up a club scene. And we did ask on last week's episode of the of you killed it to send us your possible names for the club scene or what the club should be called, and. I think I have a winner. Okay. Because I thought about it and something popped up to me, but we'll 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 get to the people first. And I'll start with uh Panda Book. Someone named Panda Book on Reddit wrote in and said, I think the club should be called the Igloo. Oh. Club Igloo. The Igloo. Not mad at that. I like it. Has a vibe, has like the keeps with the you know glacier type vibe, the wintry cold weather type vibe. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. I like. It. I will say, I don't know if you noticed this, Sheldon, but uh, the MTV the Challenge subreddit now has a Twitter account, oh. 
and they okay. tweeted about us in the past yes. week and they were they was just sort of like listing different challenge podcasts and they mentioned us okay. i forget how they phrased it but they basically said we're that we're ogs of podcasting about the challenge which i guess we are at this point which is weird to say um sure. they also said that we always bring the obscure canadian knowledge so we're talking about Joey Votto high school baseball games, okay? Well, I'm, I mean, all where I'm, are you going to get that info from? All I'm saying is if Reddit's going to bring up the idea of the igloo, we could also call it a Quincy. Have you ever slept in a Quincy? No, definitely I have not. For those of you who are unfamiliar with a Quincy, it's a okay. snow hut. And the way you make a Quincy is you pile up more than six feet of packing snow. Canadians, of course, are aware that there's different kinds of snow. Sheldon knows what packing snow is, though, I can tell. Of course. Of course. the snowballs. Yeah, that's right. It's a heavy snow. So you let it sit for four or five hours, and then you dig into it. And it's actually faster and warmer than an igloo. But igloos have a different kind of snow. Like, it depends on the conditions. So, could call it the Quincy. Okay. What other suggestions do you have for the club? I have a suggestion just from myself. Like it popped in my head. Oh, well, because I have more reason to it popped read. Into my head is because, sorry. I have I have more readers that I could read their suggestions. Go, we want to yeah, save you go, for get, last. Go to the reader suggestions, and I'll I'll close with with what my thought is. Okay, uh, Julia Lamana suggests either Club Enigma or hmm. Dirty Martini because it just fits well. And then we had another. I like the igloo better than both of those, but okay. Uh, Molly Gibson Kirby suggests the dirty dome because she feels like it will be both dirty in hookups and dirty in drama, which I like. I like that. I like that. What's your suggestion, though? So my suggestion is not too far off from that, and this is a very, very, very Canadian reference. Oh, I'm excited. Someone always told me that, you know, sometimes you, you throw things out for the five people that might get it, but that 5% or that five, the five people that do get it really get it. And those are the ones you're doing it for. So our like Canadian listeners or who have visited the fine city of Halifax that might be familiar with the liquor dome. <laughs> if you've ever been to the liquor dome, I'll just say, you know, it's a spot. Have you ever been to the Liquor Dome? I have not been to the Liquor Dome, although I've have heard, heard of it. Heard of the Liquor Dome? Oh. So, <laughs> with with all due respect to Julia and Molly and was it Panda Book? Panda Book. Yes. Panda. I can't believe I remembered that. All due respect. Thank you for the suggestions. Mm-hmm. The Liquor Dome. I mean. From Halifax. The dome, there should be a dock on the liquor dome. And just to break down, like anything that you think is possible that could go on in a club goes on in the liquor dome from fights to hookups to bottles flying to whatever. And then the, the, the part about Halifax was that everybody after the club ends up at this place called Pizza Corner. Yeah. To obviously get the pizza post the club. And there'd just be more fights at pizza corner. <laughs> yeah. 
Or it's I mean, just an experience. I love it. And I would also like to recommend to our listeners, if they're not familiar, they should get a donaire. Or while they're doing that, while they're having a donaire, if they can get one and they're not in the Maritimes, mm-hmm. listen to the song Scotown Stomp, which okay. is a rap song about the party scene in Halifax circa 2007. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's but yes, I would. I still say the Liquor Dome because the Liquor Dome was a club experience unlike any other. And I mean, it's highlighted by the fact that Halifax in general is just a great place. Oh, it's, it's the a best. Great, 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 great city. Super friendly, super nice people, great hospitality, great place. Highly recommended for a trip. Small town, you know, small town Canada, still beautiful. Love it. I, I love it. I, liquor Dome is what I'm going with. I think Halifax has the most pubs per capita or something like that. <laughs> I think there is something like that. It's a great party city. That's great all I'm saying. Party city. Um, while we're in the liquor dome, though, lots of little things going on. You have Nani confessing to Fessy that she wants him as a partner. Fessy is obviously, anytime you're gassing up Fessy, he's just going to say yes to whatever. So cool. And he, But he does make the good point. The more... He's had so many different uh, women in the house already say that they want him as his partner, which is good because then that means that they want to keep him around, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. means numbers on his side. Cool. Then we also get more of the Lolo and Nam stuff, which, okay, cool. You know what I mean? I thought that was pretty interesting, but at the end of the day, it was still kind of one of those things where I look at it and I think, is this real? Or is this Lolo acting for the show? Like what's, what's Lolo really for the show show? I think it's really happening. Like when we yeah. saw her earlier on be like in the bikini in the hot tub, sort of watching him work out as like, oh, this is one sided. But then like he was returning fire when she was getting out of the hot tub and like flirting with oh, him. Yeah. Like he was he was reciprocating. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I loved. They're like watching him change when they got back. Yes. Um, I was just like, okay, this is awkward. <laughs> that I thought. I mean, first of all, it was clear that who was it? Wes, Anissa, and Nani that were sort of the peanut gallery. It's definitely Wes and Anissa. I think so. Yeah. Um, first of all, those three had clearly been living up to the name of the Liquor Dome. Like they were definitely in their <laughs> cups. You know what I mean? I think the liquor dome leads to even more of a jam because like you don't have far away to stumble to, right? You don't have far away to, let's say, sneak off for extracurriculars. Oh, we'll say good point. Do you know what I mean? I I think it just leads to, you know, more shenanigans we'll say. And, and that's, you know, there's no travel on the bus where, you know, you, you kind of get wobbly and maybe sober up a little because you have to go to the bus or whatever. You know what I mean? You have this long bus ride back. Shenanigans? Huh? Sure. Sure. Uh, I it also like a pretty good party. I still want the answers, though. And if we get someone else on this season who was in this, I need a full breakdown of, like, who was a DJ? What was the music being played? Yeah. Who controlled the music? Did you have the – who – like, did you not allow control the music? I need, I need details. Who can dance? Who can't dance? 
I need a full breakdown of what was going on in the liquor note. <laughs> I'm also curious about the alcohol policy in general. Because in previous seasons, like they were allowed to. I don't to... want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. No? Because that makes it too serious. Oh. And I, I want it to be fun. I don't want to know. No, no. But like, I mean, because in previous seasons, they've been just like allowed to drink around the house. Like they're allowed to have beers at dinner. They're allowed mm-hmm. to have wine. You know, there's the no clear liquor rule or they or the crew will die the clear liquor. But like. I don't think we've seen them drinking in the house. It seems like they only drink in the liquor dome. Hmm, maybe. So I'm just curious about like, because like one of the, from production standpoint, one of the, the nice things is they're literally controlling how much booze they get. I'm like, sure. that probably has its benefits. So I always wonder like how they even do the scenes in the club in terms of how they get content. That's just my producer brain working. Like, how do you even get content? How do you know what conversations to be listening in on? Do you fully plan it out? Like any other reality show? Like, hey, I need you to talk to this person about blank. Do you know what I mean? Or are you just kind of like trying to be a fly on the wall and be like, oh, what are these people talking about? Oh, what are these people talking about? I kind of wonder that. But anyways. I think um, I think you just know, though. Like, I mean, obviously, you've been in clubs beyond the Liquor Dome in Halifax. Like... You just know when people are having like a conversation versus a conversation. You know what I mean? Like you read the body language. Production has the advantage of presumably being sober and they can just be like, oh, like we see how Nani is has like cornered Fessy. Better get over there sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Totally agree. Um. If we move on a little here, because we'll get to Joseph and, and Kyle and Kyle's vote and all that. We'll get to that, right? Mm-hmm. But we get a big moment here where Big T tries to confront Joseph because she starts hearing that obviously Joseph is trying to go in. And he denies it. But I don't really get why he denied it. But I applaud Big T for you know, confronting him and asking like, Hey, is this a thing? Like we're partners. Like, shouldn't we know this? And he does try to flip it on her into like some mind twist. Like, what do you mean? Why do you even care? Why is it a big deal? Oh, so you care more about Wes than you do about me, your own partner. Why is that? And it's just such a weird, like, it was, it was clear to me that Joseph wanted to win the argument rather than understand his partner make amends or move forward in the game like it's pretty clear to me that joseph doesn't understand what the priorities are in the game doesn't understand how to like how to work with someone doesn't know how to speak to a, a partner you know like he just like doesn't know he doesn't know how to read people like i said with his like little workout routine like yeah. That's behavior that anyone would know is going to get you chirped. No, it, sure. it just happened to be Leroy that was sitting closest and was like, my guy, what are you doing? But you know what I mean? Like and Joseph's clearly not a good read. But here's the thing, too, because it's a perfect example of what you're talking about earlier in terms of a plan. I don't mind his plan of going in, like wanting to go in and get a skull. We've been yeah. saying 
hey, more people should have that plan. But the way that he was going about it wasn't the smart way, Mm-mm. right? Like, you could just say, why not just say, hey, I really want to go in, right? Like, maybe that might not get you in, but doing it this way, I don't know if that was, like, he made too much of a thing about it. And at least be honest with your partner. And if you said to your partner, hey, this is good, like, you should want to go into the elimination to get a skull, that would be it. But the whole fact that he was like, I want to go in and make a big move. No, you want to go in and get a skull, right? Like moral victories don't do anything, right? Like that doesn't get you to the million bucks. The moral victory of, oh, I made a big move by calling out someone that I think is really tough and then lose. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. Speak. We get to the actual. Let's get, can we get to the actual well, deliberation? I thought that was interesting. There is one thing I want to talk about because it sets up the deliberations as well, and that is Devin and Kyle have an important conversation. Okay. Talking at first about how Devin can't understand what Nicole says, that right. there's no context, that like he knows she's saying something, that her mouth is moving, but he doesn't understand what. This is my line of the episode because it made me laugh really hard. He said, my, t- my partner is a very fit toddler. I love it. The actual it. quote was the actual quote. See, he's. Was, I knew Sheldon would have my it. My partner is an incredibly fit infant. Infant. There you go. But in in that conversation, Kyle and Devin are like, we gotta make some moves here to help ourselves out and also to help Wes out because he'll help us out. We have to try to like Joseph is asking to go in. Let's get him voted in. So that Wes, if Wes gets voted in, he can mentally prepare. Gets If Wes gets put in by Fessy, he can mentally prepare. And, you know, we love Big T. Joseph's gone. Big T gets a better partner, presumably CT at that point. Mm-hmm. Our alliance is strengthened. Joseph is gone. Let's make but this also happen. Too, this goes into what you were talking about earlier, about the conversations we're seeing we didn't see them go and tell the whole house, hey, this is what should happen, mm-hmm. right? Again, going back to the point I was making where we we don't need to see that because it doesn't matter that they were able to convince the people that were lesser interested in, we don't need to see that, right? we rather hear these guys talk about it and then see what happens. So that leads to the deliberation in which Joseph volunteers to go in and my guy's talking about big big game he's talking a lot of shit but he switched it up and said he wants everyone to vote in Wes. first he says he wants to go in then he says he wants everyone to vote in Wes so that he can send Wes back home and tend to his money to which Wes might have one of the greatest responses ever (laughs) because again Wes, you can't try to get into a chirp off with Wes. no right Wes, as mentioned earlier has a gift of gab but also part of his delivery was just so perfect because he was just calm and cool. And he's like, you know what? There were a lot of facts spewed here. I mean, let's start with the fact that I am rich, which <laughs> I just thought was hilarious. And it was just like line after line in a row with Darrell popping up with Wes ain't that rich. Real ballers don't tell everybody how much they ball it. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that at all. But 
I thought Joseph, again, he wanted to go in, but he didn't think through the plan. So now in the moment where you think that you're going to one-up Wes in front of everybody and make this whole play for the show, it flips on you because Wes is like, wait a second, why are they voting me in? Wouldn't it be smarter to vote you in? And so that Fessy and Anissa can put me in, which is a smart flip by Wes, right? Nobody else has to get blood on their hand by saying my name again when they can, Fessy and Anissa have already done it, so they can just do it. Like, it was just such genius gameplay. Very well done. Flip it on Joseph. And again, why Natalie stayed as partners with Wes, she's right there with them, right? Talking tough saying oh wait joseph i thought you said that you wanted to go in so why why now are you trying to take it the other way and devin chimed devin chimed in as well which Mm -hmm. i think was helpful because if it's like when ct last week made his appeal no one really backed up ct i mean from what we saw i i can't imagine ashley kept her thoughts to herself in that conversation but it helps like when you're trying to like persuade a room, it helps to have two or three people back you up just because it gives the perception that you have more people on board, whether you do or not. So Devin was smart to be like, yeah. And he even like, even Leroy sort of bought in and was like, if you think about it, Wes is pleading to the rest of the group, which mm -hmm. is smart. What's the point in making them get more blood on their hands and making an enemy out of Wes when Fessy and Anissa have already done that. It was it was a genius play. But also the reminder for Joseph, you're brand new, bro. You yeah. don't know the game and you think that you're just going at West, but there's levels to why West is one of the top challenge competitors ever. And one of them is a gift of gab. Very few people are gonna win an argument with West on the show of the challenge. Yeah. It's very few and far between. It's it's very rare it's going to happen and the disrespect levels of when joseph kept trying to talk and then west kept interrupting him and saying sorry the champ is speaking right now <laughs> just like yo the disrespect right now <laughs> joseph did not know what he was doing it as, again and like we've talked about this before i don't know how these rookies are coming onto this show without having watched it before like well you, you think you know. It's like the old MTV Diary, right? You think you know, but you have no idea. Is that is that what the, the yeah, that's was the phrase. MTV Diary? I just, you think you know, you have no idea? Like, you don't even have to go that far back. Last season, Wes snatched Josh's soul when told him that I'm not coming for you. There's no way I'm coming for the worst player in the game. <laughs> like, all you need is that scene to understand what you're getting with if you talk shit to Wes. Like... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, you have to watch all 36 seasons to understand everything. Like, just watch the last season, guys. Like, just go back one season. I hear you. So the votes now pop up. And the votes are interesting again because Kyle ends up voting. So to go through this kind of quickly, right, to get to the elimination here, Fessy and Anissa have told their side of the house, which they believe they have the numbers, to vote Wesson. Yeah. Right? So they believe Wes is going to get the house vote, which again is terrible strategy by Fessy and Anissa, which we'll get to, right? Because again, Fessy and Anissa should be trying to put in a weak player and then deciding that they're going to go in against said weak player. But anyways, they want everyone to vote for, for Wes's team, Wes and Natalie. 
the rest of the house doesn't know that Fessy and Anissa get to see the votes. So now when Kyle is telling them, oh yeah, I voted for Wes, he doesn't know that he's blatant. Well, he knows he's lying to their face, but he doesn't know that they know that he's lying to their face, <laughs> which was just incredible television because you're watching it and kind of cringing because you're just like, oh. And he laid it on oh. so thick. He did. Doing too much. It's kind of the theme of this episode, right? Doing too much. You never want to be doing too much on the challenge, especially early on, because that's how you get yourself in trouble. And Kyle went from not really being a target to being the target because he was trying to do too much. So, because there are other people who also lied to Fessy and Anissa, right? It was Kyle, Josh, Leroy, Casey. There are a lot of people. Yeah. Who they thought they were tight with. Most of the house voted for Joseph. For sure. So, Joseph, obviously we find out Joseph and Big T are going in. Fessy, this is where it becomes even more lame. Because you get to the elimination. You get to, what What are they calling it? The crater? Yeah, the crater. And you can see what it's going to be. Yeah. You can clearly see what it's going to be. And Fessy passes again. After, if you remember, last episode, he stated, if I see that it's hall brawl or I see the ring in the middle and I know it's wrestling, I'm in. He said that himself. It's not like anybody else put it on him. Even though that's the point of the game, right? That you should want to go in. The situation that he painted himself presented himself, presented itself to him, and he did not take it. Why didn't he take it? Do you think? I think he's not that bright. And I, <laughs> I also think I agree with you. And like I like Fessy, but like his his biggest weakness is He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And I think that we saw it in uh, Ice Spy. They're playing a scared game. Like Devin and Kyle both said, like, this is, this is the most scared game I've ever pl- seen played. Yeah. And it continues to be. And, like, this is no greater an example than this. Like, this is the matchup that Fessy said he wanted that he should want even like from our perspective as viewers we couldn't see what the setup was really but fessy and like everyone could because they're all up in like the grandstand we the viewer couldn't see it and i wrote down in my notes man if i'm fessy and anisa I'm just like zigging when the house is zagging. Like, okay, the house voted in Joseph, expecting us to put it in Wes. We're going to like flip the script. Fessy calls his own number, goes in. Just have the confidence to say, like, I can take out Buddy that does like baby crunches in his shirt and jeans, at, like beside the lunch table. Like, yeah. Fessy, come on. And, like, that's before we even knew that it was a headbanger. No, I I go the other way. I'm pretty sure when they showed the shots, at least editing-wise, when they showed the shot of the ring, they showed the circle. Mm. They showed, like, the thing in the middle. And right away I was like, oh, this is it. He should be going in. Like, that was my initial statement before anyone said anything. Any way you slice it, he should have been going in. Like For sure. But the funny part is, even given the opportunity 
again to realize his mistake, right? In them messing up the gameplay, he still couldn't figure out that he should be going in. And I love TJ again stepping in and being like, uh, I think I'm reminding you guys that you need a skull <laughs> to run the final. And Fessy and Anissa, you're passing this up again? So to, in my mind, I'm just like, yo, Fessy doesn't want the smoke. But we'll, we'll get to that, right? So Joseph and Big T are in. Fessy thinks that he's pulling this huge gameplay by saying, oh, everyone thinks I'm going to put in Wes, but I'm not going to put in Wes. I'm going to throw in Kyle. And in fact, all you're doing is giving Kyle an easy go of getting a skull. Yeah. You're giving Kyle a chance to get the skull that you should want, which makes no sense. Because Kyle goes in, and there's not even much to really talk about. Kyle dominated Joseph in that. I thought it was an it wasn't Im- even that close. It wasn't that close. I thought it was an impressive showing from Kyle, who is definitely not the strongest guy in the house. He's not even. But I think top you know, but Kyle seven. Is scrappy. He Kyle's is scrappy. He's not strong, but he's scrappy. And I think scrappy dudes win this challenge more than the stronger dude. Yeah. Like that elimination. I think the scrappier dude, like a Derek, you know what I mean? Like those kind of dudes win that more than the big, the bigger, stronger person. Cause it's endurance as well. Right. The, the other thing, the other thing about this is that like thinking in terms of the broader context of the game, no one's going to come for Kyle's skull. Like I assume there's going to be an opportunity at some point where all the skulls have been awarded, so you have to win someone's skull off of them. Just the way the house always breaks down on these shows, Kyle is popular enough, protected enough. Like, he's never going to be anyone's number one target. Like, no one's ever going to say, like, we got to get Kyle out of here. So he just got, with, with going in, he just got, like, a free pass for six or seven weeks, even before his political decisions that we hear. But you know what I mean? Like, people yeah. are still going to target West. They're still going to target CT. For sure. And on the other hand, West and CT, and to a lesser extent, Kyle and Devin, they're going to be going after Josh. And you know what I mean? Like, there is... But also, also, I think more importantly, though, Kyle just gets to do what he was going to do anyway, sit back. Yeah. Right, like that—that's his game plan, anyways, is to sit back and not try to cause drama and get into the eliminations, anyways. Now you gave him a skull early on, like come on now, it's just bad gameplay by Fessy for sure, and the fact that, again, Joseph, like, if you're being serious, right, and you look around the house, how many of the dudes, if you're Fessy, and you can pick the matchup against anyone, like. Who are you not picking, right? It's like you would think Fessy might have a tough time against CT. Maybe you would say Kyle, maybe, but you'd still favor Fessy. You'd favor Fessy against pretty much anybody else in the house, no, except maybe Nam? Yeah. Except Even still, you don't know how Nam Nam is going to do in something like that. Except Nam and CT, Fessy stacks up physically well against everyone. In that particular competition, in that elimination, for sure. Yeah, he messed up. He just messed up. And again, I just think it's like there are a couple funny things that did happen. I guess it didn't mention that uh, Joseph had mustard. Mustard gets rid of cramps. Did you know that, John? No, I did not know that. Neither did Olympian Lolo Jones. And also, (laughs) 
just like my guy pulled out like a little mustard pack and it was like Dijon mustard. Like it wasn't even like your standard ballpark French's mustard and like gave it a lick and like, buddy, the, your hands cramping is the least of your worries in this. Like you can like put the crook of your elbow in, you know what I mean? You can put it on your shoulder. Yeah. You can wrap a leg around it. Like you have other things that you can do. No, I, t- I totally agree. It was super strange, super weird. I don't even know if like, yeah, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. It was just weird. The big move though was after Kyle won. And I'm not talking about his vomiting up his dinner. No, his hangover. He did. I, shout out to myself. He did what I suggested someone should do when they know they're being targeted and that was partner with their enemy. So he partners with Cam. He says, Cam, come on down. You and I are going to be a partner. Great move. Great yeah. move for the Kyle brand. Great move for his alliance because it puts Josh in a weird position. He and Nani, there's a mutual under Kyle and Nani, I should say. There's a mutual understanding between Kyle and Nani that it wasn't working out as much as they like each other. It gets CT and Big T together, which Julia Lamana uh, messaged to say, hashtag Big CT. Um, <laughs> like, it just sets off a whole chain of actions, a chain of events that's super beneficial to Kyle and to his alliance. Like, it's just, yeah. it's perfectly chosen. Yeah, it was a smart play by Kyle. And again, the the play out, the way that it plays out so that CT and Big T are a partner as well, I think that works for CT. It's kind of a good balance because obviously Big T is what he wanted in the sense of someone that has good house game, right? Like she's well-liked within the house and has friends on all sides of the house. And I think that really helps CT's game who doesn't have a lot of friends in the house, right? So I think that that worked out for him as well. And plus, she might not be the best female competitor, but she's always going to try really, 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 really hard. And I think that matters. And that matters a lot in this game. I agree. And CT is good with his partners. He wasn't always. But like if he gets effort and he will get effort from uh, Big T for sure, CT will be positive, will like carry her share of the load when necessary like he really lifts up his partners and it's that's going to be a good team i'm not saying that they're going to win but like they're going to benefit each other and move further down the line i also loved just the truth bombs that kyle was dropping like calling out fessy afterwards and saying like in front of everyone like are you kidding me like this was obviously a headbanger you're a pussy. What were you doing? Yeah. It's true. This, and this is your thing. Like, oh, I wish I had come down. And it's like, uh, you could have done that. You had that choice. Right? Like you, you, you had the choice. And they did put in the clip of, I forget what the exact quote was just before it was starting. And Fessy did kind of say, oh, did I make a mistake to Anissa? And it's like, come on, man. You knew that. You fucked up. I, also, I think Fessy just didn't want the smoke. Yeah, which is crazy because, as we've been saying, I, I feel like we're hammering this home. We're beating a dead horse. But 
Joseph is one of the people you would most want to face in a headbanger. I think we learned a lot about Fessy in the sense that, you know, um, how do I say this? Fessy, Fessy obviously is super strong. He's a super great competitor, but I don't know if he really wants the smoke in terms of the challenge house, right? Like, cool, he thinks that he can win, right? Because he's really strong and he's, he's a really good athlete. But in terms of the gameplay, we know that he still doesn't really understand that. But also the ability of just wanting the smoke to say, I'm going in and getting my skull. We've seen that he doesn't want that. And I feel that Fessy is more about the girls, you know, like yeah. he's more focused on the girls and the party, which, hey, we talk about bigging up Nani and Kyle all the time. Like, I get it. It's a challenge house. Like, there's a lot going on. I wouldn't be in a hurry to, like, risk myself leaving that situation either. But it just wasn't a good look for him. But I do want to read something because uh, Sarah sent me something on Instagram. And I said I would remember to bring this up because I think this is a really good thing to pay attention to for people like me who really like the behind the scenes, how does production work it, right? Mm -hmm. So she says, with this structure, could they theoretically, with this structure, could they theoretically make it a female dual elimination anytime they want, depending on who is selected? So think about this, right? So she was saying, she's asking, cause she's just talking about like from a production standpoint. So think about this. You get to the situation that you just happened where it goes in and we know they're doing this under the presumption that it's a male elimination, right? Mm -hmm. But what if production just says, oh, well, you know what? The way that this played out, it might be better for the game if we had Big T go against, uh, who was it, Nani yeah. in this situation. And they just change it because we wouldn't know. Yeah. How would we know what their initial plan was? I think that'd be genius. And I think that's got to be like, we'll never know really unless they like tell us that it's some other crazy twist. But from a production standpoint, if I'm running the show and I see how certain things play out, I would assume that what I would do is there'd be certain points in the, in the middle of the season where I would say, okay, we don't know if this is going to be a men or women's elimination, but here's our game plan. If the house votes go this way, we're going to make it a, a male elimination. If the house votes go this way, we're going to make it a female elimination. And I think that'd be amazing. I honestly wondered, I think Sarah makes a good point, because I honestly wondered from last week's episode if they saw, okay, we can lose either Ashley or Natalie, or we could lose Wes or CT. We don't want to lose Wester CT. Let's take the chance and see if we'll lose Natalie over That's Ashley. And I'm not saying that to disrespect Natalie. I'm just saying that CT and Wes are more valuable to the show, especially a season without Johnny Bananas, than Natalie is. Oh, you're right. So I wonder if totally. they called an audible there and they're just like, and then they're like, all right, we'll alternate for now. But it did cross my mind last week. Oh, uh, you're totally, totally right. Sheldon, what was your line of the episode? So I'm, I'm bunching these together because they all involve Nicole. But that whole back and forth, the line of the episodes, like it, it all involves Nicole. But Nicole basically asking, like, do we really have to carry back the 70 pounds of ice back? Like, isn't it going to sink? <laughs> asking that to Wes. To Wes following up with, what do you mean? Ice floats. 
And she kind of looks puzzled, like, no, it doesn't. And he's like, you can't be serious, right? Like, you see the ice float, like, look <laughs> around you, and you can see the ice floating, right? And then as, like, you can, you can hear Wes's brain turning, and he's like, wait a second, have you never had a glass of ice water? <laughs> and at that point, he's just like, whoa, she really is a moron. <laughs> to which she realizes, oh, wow, I really am a moron. <laughs> to the point where she's like, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But everyone knows she's clearly not joking because nope. we've all seen Nicole's work before. <laughs> that was just an incredible back and forth because I was just kind of like, wait, she's serious. Like, this is a thing. And then obviously as you mentioned before, Devin's, as you said, it, it's gotta be right. Like that. The whole exchange. Incredibly fit infant. Like, I don't know if incredibly fit infant or scuba Nelly is the name of this episode, but I mean, you got options. We got options. I'm going with, I mean, I already said my line of the episode, the whole exchange between Devin and Kyle, where Devin just kept dunking on Nicole's inability to speak English um yeah. killed me i loved She's it saying words her mouth's moving words are coming out but i don't know what they mean even even his delivery where he just like leaned over he's like kyle i can't understand what my partner says <laughs> like just the it's way he like good. introduced it was wonderful i think an incredibly fit infant will probably be the episode title uh but Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? So for me, who killed it this week, which for people new to the pod, that's how we list who won the episode or the MVP of the episode is who we say killed it in this episode. And to me, the person who killed it in this episode is Big T. Oh. It's because the reason why I say Big T won the episode is because she realized that her partner was a moron. Right. Like we've seen this developing from last week to this week. She realized, okay, I might've, I might've made a mistake here with choosing. Well, she doesn't even know his name, right? She keeps messing up his name still calling him Jacob, but she realizes that then realizes that he was trying to throw himself in, but she appears to be the first person to figure out the game, the game play and the game twists and strategies and be able to use that to her benefit. Right. She realized, oh, wait, since it's separate eliminations, I'm going to use this to my benefit and I'm going to try to get people to vote us in so that he loses and then I can get a new partner. And it ended up working out for her. So not only did she, you know, fix the situation, not only did she learn and be the, become the first person to adapt to the rule changes and use the rules to her advantage in terms of what the elimination is, but she also went from having Joseph as a partner to CT as a partner. That is a win. Any way you slice it. From so the cellar me, to the Big penthouse. T, you killed it. Yeah. Big T, you killed it. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going with Kyle. He loses marks because he got caught in that lie. Like, that was not great. Yeah. Yeah. But he really shook up the house in the best possible way by choosing to partner with Cam. I'm Yeah, this is a smart play. Uh, very smart play. He looked really good. As I said previously, you know, he's um, 
he's got a golden skull now, and I don't think anyone's gunning for him anytime soon. And I also like how shook I like how shook Josh was. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Kyle that. Picked picked Cam and Josh was like, "What? I was just cheering for you, man. Like I was just cheering so hard for you, man." It's like, what is that? <laughs> I, I love I love Kyle's response. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but <laughs> um, but I think Kyle's put. I mean, here's here's what needs to happen from like Kyle's perspective and Devin's perspective. Kyle, Devin, Wes, Big T, CT, Natalie, uh, they have to get on the same page. They need a, a win in the daily competition and they need to like shoot their shot at some other partnership. Like they need to like change the course of how the season's going and in a hurry and Kyle put himself and his his alliance in a really good position to do that right Cam is now a little hamstrung as is Leroy um they're going to be motivated at least to keep Kyle around Kyle's going to have to be in the rooms with them as they make decisions Really good move. Obviously, CT has a partner now that everyone loves. The Heat, I think we can say, is off CT. And Josh is with Nani. And honestly, that's not a great pairing. I know they're best friends, but they're not going to win anything. They're not going to win any dailies. They're not going to win any eliminations. For sure. Nope, totally agree. Uh, Can't wait to see next week's because the trailer looked pretty funny. But the trailer we'll looked great. There's going to be fantastic fallout from all this, too. Like, you know that also, as soon as on, they get on. back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I can't believe we got through this whole thing. And you named Kyle. You said Kyle killed it in the episode without mentioning his outfit in the confessionals. Oh, yeah. He's looking great. He's looking but, sharp. Oof. I put out on, on Twitter, I tweeted out, Kyle looks, he looked like the dude from the 90s R&B group Color Me Bad. Wow, you are so right. That did not occur. Holy shit. Look it up. Get your Googles. Get on your Googles. Wow. Sheldon, your can mind I... is blown right Sheldon, now. can I change it to that you killed it? My God, what a... I'm just going to... After this episode, I'm just going to sit and stare into space and think about that comparison. My God. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Like and subscribe. You can watch the videos of the podcast. You can listen to the audio of the podcast. We hit you in all different ways. Let us know what you think in the comments. We like to keep up and, and, you know, interact with the fan base and read your comments from week to week. So hit us up. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Uh, Happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners. It's, I believe, the sixth day or seventh day, sixth day. So, you know, may your candles burn bright from us at You Killed It. You killed it. Do it.